Welcome to the Boss Podcast. This podcast provides today's sellers with sales tactics that will help them to reach their goals. Your host, Mark McGinnis, brings you diverse guests, high-quality discussion, and valuable insights on every single show. Mark is the author of Tactical Pipeline Growth, as well as an in-demand sales trainer and coach for B2B companies all over the world. If you want to be better at outbound sales, you're definitely in the right place. Now let's get into the podcast. Welcome to the Boss Podcast. Kate Bradley-Curnis is the CEO of a company called Lately. Lately are a software company that help businesses with the distribution and analytics of their social media posts. One of her key clients is a guy called Gary V. You may have heard of him. Not to put any shade on Kate. In her role as a CEO, Kate gets to see very large amounts of content. And as a result, Kate has some very cool ideas about how we should be communicating in both our sales and marketing communications. I'm a big fan of Kate's. A couple of Kate's ideas include leaving mistakes in our texts so it looks more human, more real, starting sentences with and, dumping checkout, or reading out loud everything before you post, before you press go. Also, if that's not enough for you, we also learned that Kate used to be a rock and roll radio DJ and how that led her to be the best thing ever for Walmart. Now, let's jump into this week's show. Welcome to the Boss Podcast. This week, I'm joined by Kate Bradley Furness, the CEO of Lately. Kate, how are you? Thanks for joining us. It's awesome. Hey, Mark, how are you? <laughs> yeah, very, very well. So it's a little bit early on a Wednesday morning here. So apologies if I don't sound a million dollars just yet, but I'm sure I'll be on the top of my game by the end of the morning. You sound like two already. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, flattery will get you everywhere, always. <laughs> Kate, we've been chasing each other for, what, months to get you to come and share some stuff here. So thank you very much. Whereabouts are you calling from and what's going on there right now? Thank you. I'm in Stone Ridge, New York, which is the mid-Hudson Valley. So like the Hudson River, right, which uh, spans much of the state. So not New York City. I'm a couple hours north. I'm surrounded by my neighbor's horse farm. So it makes it look like I live in a fancier place than I do. Kate, give us a quick bit of context. Why should we be talking to you? You're the CEO of, of Lately.ai, a great tool. But of course, you're going to be able to talk about it much better than what I am. So tell us a little bit about yourself and also a little bit about Lately, if you could. Yeah, sure. So all those things are true. I was a fiction writing major in college. So I love writing. And I used to be a rock and roll DJ, Mark. So my last gig was broadcasting to 20 million listeners a day for XM satellite radio. But before there, I was in regular radio, terrestrial radio, as they say. And I was lucky enough to be in the kind of radio where you were cracking the mic live every day. But what was so cool, Mark, was that at XM, we were trying to sound live. And we learned how to make mistakes and leave mistakes in to make it feel like you're on that journey with us more, right? And then because I'd had the experience at real radio, terrestrial radio beforehand live, I already knew the value of making you, the listener, feel as though that the microphone was a shared thing, that you had a voice, right? That's how I know I was doing my job good, is to make you feel like you're part of the journey with me. And so I thought a lot about what are the things that I learned in radio, how to make listeners into fans, and how can I apply those metaphors to marketing. I had a marketing agency also. And so I started actually just doing that, like looking at things with a different kind of point of view. And one of my first marketing clients was Walmart. 
And I got them 130% ROI year over year for three years. With the Walmart project, it really came down to content creation and like what's going on with the writing part, getting back to basics, right? I was a fiction writing major. So why do marketers hate writing? Apparently, this is what I learned. Most people hate it or they're bad at it. They're hiring out constantly. It's a chore. Nobody wants to do it. And it seemed to me a shame that when people did take the time to write stuff well, then it would also just get tossed into the wind. Like I was going to say toilet paper, but, but you know what I mean, right? So like, just say you spend four hours writing a blog and then what happens to that blog? Maybe it gets posted on your website. Maybe you write one or two social posts promoting it. And to me, that seems like four hours of wasted time. So with Lately, you take a blog or a podcast or a webinar, like something with video especially, and you upload it into Lately and push a button and we instantly transcribe the whole thing for you and give you the transcription. And then at the same time, we go through the transcription and we look for all the cool sentences that are going to sell this thing the best. And we pull them out. And if you have video, we automatically attach the video clips of us saying the same pieces. And so you'll get hundreds really in a few seconds. And then the harder way to talk about it or the sexy piece that's happening behind the scenes is that the AI literally studies all of those transcriptions and it looks for the best quotes to pull out, not just random. And it does that by analyzing everything you've published before in the world. And it looks for the words and phrases that have already piqued the engagement of your customers. So it's better than just automating a bunch of random social posts. It's the social posts that it knows is going to get you the highest engagement. So it removes that guesswork. So when I'm trying to figure out yes. how to present a piece of content the best way, is that right? So lately it's going to say, hey, yeah, based on what we've seen so far, without any human error. Exactly. And like the model before, it gives you the human several opportunities to get in there and help it out. So to make a couple tweaks, so continue to learn from your voice. There's a lot of ways to guide the words it chooses and to say, hey, AI, please pay attention more to these words and less attention to these, for example. Hmm. That's really, really interesting and a very, very cool tool. I'm really excited by these types of things. Yeah. We can spend a lot of time doing these things manually or just be smarter and get something smarter and easier to help us out. And the proof in the pudding, by the way, Mark, is like, so we get our average customer sees 140 to 280% increased engagement right off the bat. But we have a not so average customer, which is Gary Vaynerchuk, Gary V. Do you know him? Uh, heard of him, yeah. <laughs> so Gary, <laughs> bless him. He created an entire Twitter channel called Gary VTV fueled 100% by Lately's AI, and it gets him a 12,000% increase in engagement. God, how great is that? Yeah. And it's because the AI is smart AF, right? Like Gary's putting, he has so much long form content to feed the beast that the beast is able to get smart, you know, pretty quickly. Ah, very clever. Okay. So that, that makes very, very good sense. So you would see a lot of content as the CEO of the organization. There's more than just you in this organization, I have no doubt. But you would get a lot of insights around what works well on social, what doesn't, those sorts of things, I would imagine. Yeah. So one of the best ones that I love is, so there's, you know, best practice on Twitter that everybody says, for example, is to not make up your own hashtags. And I think that's BS and lately proves it to me every day because our highest engaging posts always have made up hashtags because we use hashtags more as a ta-dun-dun or a context setter, right? So for example, one of our highest engaging hashtags is hashtag peeing my pants. (laughs) And that's because I was tweeting about when Gary V was tweeting about us. So I may or may not be hashtag peeing my pants right now. That was it, right? So 
Yeah. That's one insight. Yeah. Another one, by the way, is we have a customer, Phil Treadwell. He's a great mortgage expert and a social animal. And so he wrote a blog and he ran it through Lately. And the posts that it pulled out for him, he thought were crap. And so he assumed his blog must be bad. So he rewrote the blog, ran it through Lately again and got all great social posts, right? So the idea is you use the AI brain to learn what to talk or write about before you actually go do it because it knows what your customers want to hear, watch or read. Ah, very cool. Yeah, so therefore you're wasting or you're not wasting your time. Nothing worse than spending, like you said, four hours writing a blog that you think is absolutely groundbreaking and, you know, it's four likes and two comments. What a, what yeah, that sucks. That's, yeah. that's a bummer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <I've> been there. <laughs> I'm there regularly, unfortunately. So what other things might you be able to share that people could do with their content? So, And, and I was doing some research before chatting to you today and I was listening to a podcast and you were talking about, or another podcast, and you were talking about deliberately putting in mistakes or maybe leaving mistakes is probably the best way to describe it. And I thought that was awesome because I make a lot of mistakes and I tend to just leave them in because I'm lazy. But now you're <laughs> that, that I'm a genius. <laughs> you are, right? Well, because this is all about trust. You know, that's the thing that goes back to radio and marketing and sales every day, right? So you buy from a brand or a person that you trust. That's the most important kind of commodity that we wield. And mistakes signal people that you're, you're human. And there's so many good marketing stories of like big brands that have made mistakes and been able to capitalize them. And, you know, when you send an email and accidentally it says, hey, name. (laughs) (laughs) um, And then when you send the second one, people always like respond and laugh at it because it's just sort of normal. And that's the thing that, you know, I've always tried to convey is like, who's the the person behind the behind the green room or behind the curtain, right, is what's interesting to people. That's why there's, God help us, reality TV, for example. But the easiest way to kind of project that trust is to really think about that persona. And this is something that people have a really hard time doing, Mark. Like, I'm always surprised. People think that they're not very interesting and they don't know how to find their voice. And one easy, super easy way they can do this is by reading what you write out loud before you press send. And this is, again, a radio technique. So if you read anything and it sounds weird, like uh, I've got, okay, I've got a piece of paper in front of me from West Elm and it says, this certificate is issued for reward purposes and is a duplicate of the certificate you received by email. Okay, so I can hear myself say reward purposes. That's hard for me to say. A duplicate of the certificate. Those were all hard coming out of my mouth. I would rewrite that to be like, whatever this piece of paper is you know a reward only it's a copy of the one you already got before via email heads up ding dong don't do it twice or whatever you know what i'm saying just by feeling how a word come out of your mouth can signal to you how other people are receiving them right so and i'm going to tie this back to radio again one thing that i find fascinating is the neuroscience of music mark right so The neuroscience of music tells us that when you listen to a song, any song, your brain must access every song it's ever heard before in order to index the new song in its library. When it does that, by accessing all the other songs, it's tapping into nostalgia, your memory, right? And this is why listening to music is so emotional. You get this wave of history coming at you like all the time, right? Now, your voice is a note, it's a frequency, as, as you know well, right? And when you, like with music, when you hear, when you read text, you hear a voice in your head. You hear my voice or your voice or whoever's writing the text. And the trick like I did in radio and the trick with all sales and marketing is to take something new, couch it in something familiar, nostalgia, 
so that people will want to buy it. They'll feel familiar. They'll trust it. Right. Or even, let's see, like we saw a video about someone, someone talking about how to do an office party on Zoom. So if I was promoting that, I would probably use like the hashtag pro tip as a joke. Or I might, I, in real life, I swear like a sailor, I am very foul mouth. Sorry, my dad. But in order to convey that kind of expletive online, I don't want to swear because I'm a CEO. I use words like jump and Jehoshaphat and holy humdingers and, and hold on to your bagels and like these weird kind of phrases that are, you can hear it's my vernacular there, right? Yeah, yeah, got it. And that's, again, going back to the trust. There's humor, there's trust, there's persona. It's a way to stand out from the crowd by talking to humans as humans. It's so almost obvious thing in the world, right? But like people always say to me, well, can I do that if my audience is like bankers? And I'm like, of course, your audience isn't the bank. It's a person who has maybe children and needs to go to the grocery store today and watch Seinfeld. Yeah, that's such a good little takeaway just there. I mean, so many people in sales grab the marketing spiel from the website almost and cut and paste it into their sales emails or something. And I see it all the time. It doesn't actually make... If you read it standalone, as if I was talking to somebody, you would never talk like that. That's right. You never would. And of course, what happens when you receive one of those straight away? It comes across as inauthentic. You know, it just comes across as spam, basically. Content that's not things designed specifically for you. Yeah, you can take that, by the way, and you can make that stuff your own. Like you can take the boring content from the company page and just tweak it by putting in more casual words. So instead of certificate, you know, the coupon might say, or you might easily make everything contractions because nobody says it is a beautiful day out there today. (laughs) You say it's a hot, sunny, fabulous day, right? Like, so just thinking about the little teeny words that you can make those changes and even also, Mark, by the way, is using the keyboard, I find, is such an easy way to de-stiffify any text, right? So there's ellipses, there's parentheses, there's ampersands, and dashes, all capital letters. These are amazing tools right in front of us that people ignore. Yeah, I'm a big fan for the capitals. But you know what? I often go back and change them. <laughs> so you're not shouting at people? <laughs> well, uh, yeah, so, but I, I like to shout, what, you know, shout on the bird commas, you know, particular words that I think wanna, I want to stand out. And then when I reread it, I think oh, that just looks silly and I take it out. What's your thoughts on that? So two things you said are really good there. First is editing is the name of the game. It should be four to one, four parts editing, one part. I say vomit it all out at first. Just try to get it out. Don't even think about how it looks on the page or sounds or anything like that. Vomit it out and then spend your time moving things around or taking out. I love that you do that. And then the second thing is about the all caps. What I do, again, this goes back to reading out loud. So once I've written what I want to do, I'm always reading it out loud. And I'm hearing where am I emphasizing? What words am I emphasizing as I'm talking, right? So if if I was like, hey, Mark, oh my God, so great to see you last week. I would take the word so and I'll capitalize that. I would also say, hey, Mark, ellipsis, because that's what I did. Hey, Mark, so great to see you last week exclamation mark, right? Or smiley face or whatever it's going to be. So again, once you have it on the page, read it out loud and the way you read it will tell you, dictate to you what to emphasize. Yeah, I get that. Is your outreach getting labeled as a spammer? What once worked in B2B outbound doesn't work anymore. The goalposts have moved and so must your sales approach. Sure, you might land the odd conversation or even a reply to the odd cold email. But is it scalable? 
Will it provide you with enough revenue to hit your yearly goals? Having worked with sales teams all over the world, we see what works and what doesn't. Our new PAL coaching program provides sellers with access to the very best training available today. It doesn't matter if you're a team of 50 or a team of one. We have flipped traditional sales training on its head and allow you to learn in your own time and still get that important coaching help that you need when you need it the most at application. Grab all the details at markmc.co slash POW. I think it's liberating if people can get their head around breaking that marketing speak, for want of a better word, and presenting information in a way that seems authentic for them as their own personality. You know, it's hard for people to do, but it can be really liberating when they get their head around. It can. And what you're saying, by the way, is the golden rule, which is my favorite one. And we touched on that. Like, how would you like to be marketed to? Do you like cold emails or cold calls? I don't. They're awful. Well, when they start the same way. Yeah. You know, when you get, hello, is that Mr. And then they mispronounce your name, of course. (laughs) But if they go, hey, Mark, how are you going? Oh, yeah, cool. Who's this? Oh, look, hey, man, sales call, just giving you a quick heads up. This is what I'm selling today. Are you interested? Whatever it might be, right? That's not a script, by the way, but. I love that though. I like that you said it right up front. Hey, sales call, da 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 da. And you're like, okay, there's a human on the other side. Yeah. I have a job. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. got it. Yeah. But so, you know, I, I do think there's an element of, of trying things a little bit different so that you don't trigger that standard response when you go into in a situation with a standard piece of script or a piece of text. You know, if I open that email and it looks like a standard marketing cold email spam, I barely read it because it looks like it. Yeah, it's hard. You know, it really, the email is so hard because all of our guard is up, especially I find, you know, and we were were talking earlier about the warm up, like on a date. And so I find that the social warm up is essential for us anyways. Like, so I don't know if, if you guys remember this, but the old, there was an old marketing adage that said you had to hear, see, or I guess hear or see any kind of commercial seven times before it sank in. Right. So now these days, we know that's actually 12 to 14 times. So you know that you must have quantity. So that's really important. You have to be able to say the same thing multiple times, but you can't say the same thing because then it's spam. So you have to have a variety, right? This is where Lately comes in pretty well. But then also that warm up, we've even seen with our own sales team, we used to be able to pitch people right away in on social like, hey, Sam, hey, how are you? Want to see my demo? Right? We could do that. Now we can't at all anymore. We have to have maybe like, I don't know what your experience is, but we have about four to five touch points before we can even start a pitch. Yep. 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 And in fact, yesterday I was coaching a client and she had like 12 messages to a potential client on LinkedIn. And she's just like, so when can I ring them up? I'm like, about five messages ago. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Some people have actually gone too far away, right? She's like, oh, but having these great conversations, I'm like, well, you could just pick up the phone. I think his name is Bob. Just give Bob a call. Like, he's going to go, yeah. Oh, it's you. How are you? Yeah, we've been swapping messages. That's true. (laughs) That's a great point, too, is because you don't, I think we're so nervous now about like mucking it up. Because we have mucked it up for a long time at salespeople. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. As salespeople and as marketing people. I mean, I, I like to blame marketing people a little bit, too, because like, you know, when, when you have, what is it, like Target or Walmart, like live better, save more. <laughs> and then the whole world is trying to capture that same idea, which is so plastic and doesn't get to the value of things. That's the missing piece, Mark. 
really is the value of what's behind. Why should I answer your phone call? Why should I respond to your DM? And I think people forget what that is and they, they hone on to the wrong things. It's very often it's not save money or save time. It's productivity or inclusivity or community. You know, there's a lot of other, we call these values. My friend, David Allison calls them value graphics, but they're the values that drive people to buy. Yeah. I think that save time and money is the essence of what people are trying to achieve or make more money. And we often get distilled just down to those little talking points, but those talking points have now become poison. So as soon as you say, we can save you time and money, I'm out. If someone says that, (laughs) but if they said, Mark, you know, chances are you're spending, you know, a whole bunch of time organizing podcast guests from all over in the world, all over the world. And it sucks up a lot of your time. Would you like access to a tool that can help you do all that? I'd be like, okay, now I'm interested because I know this is going to save me time. You didn't present it that way. You proved that you knew my challenges. Mm, right. Very specific to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though the outcome is saving me time and money. <laughs> and by the way, that's the mistake. People are, so customization is becoming like a buzzword again that means nothing, a meaningless buzzword. But they think customization means like high name <laughs> or adding your company name or I know you're the CEO or, oh, it looks like you're a software company. So thereby you must need leads. Whereas they don't take the time, like as you did, like to... If you listen to any podcast I do, you know that I have a 98% trial to sale conversion rate and I'm overwhelmed with leads. So I don't need your lead service, actually. <laughs> this pisses yeah. them off. <laughs> so, and you're talking about excellent segues. Tell me about this 98% conversion rate because I am 100% sure that everybody on this podcast is interested in a 98% response rate. Lift the hood on that if you wouldn't mind. Sure. It ties back to everything we've talked about. This is about trust and persona and and human voice and all these things. And it's what we've taught lately to do is to pull writing, to create writing based on the concepts that we're talking about here. And so we only use our own AI, our own marketing platform, nothing else. We don't spend any money on marketing. We don't do any cold calls and no cold emails. So I'll do this podcast with you, Mark. I'm going to ask you for the hard file afterwards. I'm going to put it into Lately. I'll auto-generate you know, 20, 40 social posts. I will schedule them all out way out into time over the next you know, six weeks, maybe, maybe longer, because it's still new to the world, right? I could do it for the next year and people would still find value here. Yeah. So it's this idea of not just repurposing, but like I call it binge marketing because like it's the same way. It's like the flip on how we digest content, right? So we digest content at will at binge a lot. You don't just watch one TikTok video, you watch 20. (laughs) Or you watch all of The Queen's Gambit on Netflix all at once. And marketing hasn't... It's We're in this weird phase where marketing and sales keep thinking that the promo is everything, the in the now is everything. It's not. The world doesn't operate that way anymore. So you have to learn how to market after the fact and to be able to string that out and leverage that kind of content. So we only use Lately to do that. And then what we do is we look at everybody who's liking, commenting, or in any way engaging with our own social posts that the AI creates. And we consider them warm leads because they are Mark, right? They know us. And so when we're having those conversations with them, they're more than warm. They're hot by the time we get them to a DM. Yep. And that's how we have that 98% trial of sale conversion. The other way, is because the product sells itself because people say, oh my God, <laughs> what? Yeah. Which is also you know handy. But it's been really interesting to me, Mark, because so I'm in SaaS, software as a service. And this 
particular industry really hasn't evolved as far as sales or marketing processes go in almost 20 years. And the things that I've been doing for four or five years now, every investor, almost every investor I've ever met has said, you're doing it wrong. And I'm saying, but it's working. Yeah. So there you go. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) It's very simple, but many people miss this. I have exactly the same strategy, by the way. I just post things on various social channels. People interact with that, then I interact with them. Mm -hmm. And it provides a perfect opportunity and a perfect excuse to start a conversation. People are really open to have a conversation. And some of those result in consulting gigs. I don't have a 98% conversion rate. It's not 98% of the people I talk to become customers. I don't think that would be true. But (laughs) it's not that difficult. You know what people don't like is that it's hard because it's manual. It requires effort, right? So that, yeah. that's the thing is people, it's so interesting to me, Mark, when, you know, when people sit down to do their accounting, they have QuickBooks, but they understand that they're going to sit down for an hour or so and do their books. When they sit down to do marketing, they don't want to do anything. They just want to push a button and walk away. Hmm. Interesting, particularly coming from the CEO of a, um, <laughs> a company. That's really cool. It's crazy. I mean, but my job, by the way, is my job is to get you to third base, just to get you three quarters of the way there. Like we enforce the human has to come in and take it home, right? So it's very much a collaboration. Love it. Kate, I really appreciate you coming on to the Boss Podcast. If there is one thing that you think people should do differently uh, as a result of listening to this podcast, what do you think it is? What should they do? What would your one piece of advice be? Take the phrase check out out of your vocabulary and flush it down the toilet. It's the most vapid call to action on the face of the planet. It's lazy. It says nothing about value at all. And it doesn't tell me anything about what I'm going to get if I click, you know, check out this link, check out my blog. It's uh, garbage. Stop that. Okay. What should we use instead? It depends on what's behind the link, right? So like you have to tell me what what am I going to get? If we're listening to this podcast, the call to action would be get a 98% sales conversion, dot, dot, dot. Heads up, it's not going to be totally easy, but it might blow your mind. I don't know, something like that, right? I'm just trying to think of ways like... One of the things we say, I have to get people to watch a 50-second video all the time. That's my clincher to get them into a demo. And I always phrase it the same way. I'll say, hold on to your eyeballs because they're about to pop out of your head. Blink. <laughs> my call to action. <laughs> well, I, I want to watch that video all of a sudden myself. Now, for 50 seconds investment, that's eyeballs. Right? Okay, so Kate, how would you like people to reach out to you? Would you like people to reach out to you? How can they find information about lately? I think that would be pretty easy. Thank you so much. You can reach out to me personally. I'm friendly, Kate at trylately.com or I should say it's Kate at lately.ai. We're rebranding ourselves and we're doing a very bad job. <laughs> which is ironic, but lately.ai is where we are in all the social places. It's lately AI. And yeah, don't be shy. We're humans, like just like you guys are. And the best part, by the way, about a global pandemic, Mark, is that people are so much more interested, as you said, in having conversations than ever before, getting to know each other. And so I think that's fascinating. And it's been really helpful to us, not only to make more sales, but just to understand our customers and, and the world at large in a deeper, more happier way than we actually have ever before. That is a great way to end on. See you lately. Kate bradley Turnus. thank you for joining us on the Boss Podcast. Great to have you. Thank you. How would you like a copy of Tactical Pipeline Growth sent directly to you? You see, I need a little help and I'm prepared to swap you for it. 
If you leave us an honest review on Apple Podcasts, it would really help other listeners to find us and it helps us to find more great guests in the future. Guests just like Kate Bradley-Kernis, who you've just listened to. The good news is it'll only take you about 60 seconds to do and you can probably access it directly from the device you're using right now. I'd really appreciate it. Simply leave us a review and then screenshot that and send it to me either via DM on LinkedIn or directly through my email. That's it for this show. Thanks for listening. Ciao for now.